I think we think, well, it has to be this slowly getting better. Yes. When it's really a bouncing back and forth between, I feel really good in this moment, but I might feel sad again later today. And that's okay. Yes, uh, that is normal. That is so normal. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist. And I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years. And we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. Welcome back to Tangible Truths Podcast with Carrie and Susan. Hi. Susan, last week we started a conversation about grief. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, hit pause right now and go back and listen to it because it really lays the foundation for what we're going to be talking about this week. It really does. Yeah. It was that beginning mm-hmm. conversation on loss. Mm-hmm. And grief. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that came up last episode was that we need to process our grief, Mm -hmm. but we didn't really have time to actually unpack what does it look like to actually process the grief. And so I wanted to start with a quote. You're probably going to roll your eyes at it, but it's also the most true thing I've heard in a long time. And it's a quote from Earl Grohlman. And he said, the only cure for grief is to grieve. Oh, wow. I'm not rolling my eyes. But isn't that I think so it's true? Really true. Yeah. And although simplified, it's very profound. Mm-hmm. And I know. think a lot of times we talked a little bit last week. Culture tells us get over grief, mm-hmm. move past it, mm-hmm. don't feel it. Just you know, kind of mm-hmm. put it behind you. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually helpful. Mm-hmm. We actually need to grieve in order to like be healed from our grief. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you as someone who's worked with hundreds of clients mm-hmm. with loss, mm-hmm. what are some ways that we can actually process our grief in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you said that at the end in a healthy way. Right. Because as we said in our earlier podcast, there's not a, really a right or wrong way to grieve, but there is a healthy and an unhealthy way. Mm. And so how do you grieve in a healthy way? It's a loaded question for sure, but we can have this discussion on this podcast. I think it would be really healthy mm-hmm. for the listeners to kind of join in with us today. And, you know, one of the first things I'm going to say is you were talking about culture. And a lot of times what we say to others is give that person grace, mm. you know, when they've experienced a loss. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to flip that and say my first thing would be give yourself grace. Mm, that's so and good. Because you need it so much. And by saying that, I mean, give yourself grace to sit in the pain, mm-hmm. if you need to give yourself grace, if you need to be angry, throw throw a pillow, hit a pillow, be mad and angry, give yourself that grace to be okay to do mm-hmm. that and not feel guilt or shame about it. Right. If you have unfinished business, if this is a grief or loss because of a death and you had unfinished business with that individual, if it was a family member, a f- close friend, a best friend, a sister, whoever it might have been, and you had some unfinished business that you feel pain over, mm-hmm. give yourself grace about that. Right. And I had mentioned to you that I had written a letter yeah. over a family member. It was my father. Mm-hmm. And I had written a letter and it was so powerful, Carrie, right. yeah. to me. Now it was a process. Mm-hmm. I wrote 
and then I tore it up. And then I rewrote, yes. tore that one up. Uh-huh. Then I rewrote, tore that one up. And until I got that letter right mm. in the process, and it was so healing for me, I cannot tell you. It was mm-hmm. a beautiful letter. It was exactly what I wish that I could have shared when he was here. Yeah. And I've done that with so many clients, mm-hmm. I can't even tell right. you. Yeah. And some had some regrets and some had so many things that they wanted to tell. That was, you know, I wish there was one more thing I wanted to tell you. Yes. And they were able to share that and then release that mm-hmm. uh, letter. And it was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing. And I also think sometimes with those letters, something that I've done personally mm-hmm. and also with my clients is if there's a safe person in your life to uh-huh. read that letter to that person. Absolutely. Or, you know, even even go to the cemetery mm-hmm. and go to that person's grave and read that letter to them. Yes. Because it's more for us mm-hmm. than it for is. that person. It is. If the person's living, don't mm-hmm. necessarily reach out to them and right. read that letter to them. Because again, this is mm-hmm. our grief process to heal from our loss. But there's something powerful in sharing that letter, you know, even if it's with your spouse or your best friend to be able to say, hey, can I share this with you? Yes, that's exactly right. I think that is powerful. And what Carrie's talking about here, when you're saying go and read to the person, you may have to write a grief letter to somebody that is still still here. Yes. But you're writing, uh, it is a loss of relationship. We have those that if they've suffered from divorce or they have suffered from loss of job and it's a issue of forgiving a boss Mm -hmm. or a coworker or et cetera, whoever it may be, it's a loss of a relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm even thinking about like adopted children, adopted children. Like if you're as an adult and you were adopted and you still have this, why was I given up? Absolutely. Writing that letter To those biological parents can be really therapeutic. It can be very therapeutic, Mm -hmm. very healing. Mm -hmm. And and giving yourself, again, giving yourself grace to sit in that and be completely open and vulnerable. I'm going to go back to, again, I'm very fickle with favorite scripture, but I'm going to go back to Psalm 139 Mm -hmm. that says, I already know what's on your tongue. So tell me anyway. So that implies, tell me. Be very vulnerable. Tell me what's on your on your heart. Even so, if it's angry or ugly, even, we can bring those things to God. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it on. Bring it mm-hmm. on. Because I already know. And so do that. Be totally transparent with God. And in that piece, when you're saying how to grieve in a healthy way, that also means if someone offers mm-hmm. you help, to be able to receive mm. that mm-hmm. when before you might have said, I've got that. Yeah. You know, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No, I don't need a meal. Right. No, I'm, I can drive my kids to the sort mm-hmm. of all those things that you had done before. Yeah. And it's hard for you to let people help you. Mm-hmm. This is a time for you to be completely vulnerable and let people help you Yeah, because they generally want to. Maybe they don't have a clue what to say to you, right? but what they can do is help drive your kids Mm -hmm. to school. What they can do is fix you a meal, what they can do. And so allowing people in 
to the healing process and not you isolating mm. is very, very healthy. Yes. So unhealthy. And can be really hard it can for be. someone who has a hard time receiving help. And very I've hard. heard from so many people who have said the words, I should be able to do it on my own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? That's true. And my response to that usually is, I know you can do it on your own, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't have to. No. Not right now. Uh, not right this now, time. you don't have to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That is okay. Again, giving yourself grace. Right. Giving yourself t- grace because your timing and your time of healing n- may not and probably doesn't look like that someone you perhaps are comparing yourself to mm-hmm. right. for the, how they grieved Mm -hmm. and their healing process. Mm -hmm. It may not look like that at all. And guess what? That too is okay. Right. Because on that other episode that we talked about, I identified grief as an enigma, like it was jello trying to be stuck to a wall. (laughs) Right. And you cannot do that. It's unique to every individual. And so really so much grace to yourself. And really, a lot of times, it is true what I said. People sometimes don't know what to do, but they do want to do something. Right. And allowing them to to help that way mm-hmm. when at times many people struggle to allow people sure. to help. Yeah. And so allowing them to help that way is healthy. And I believe I was saying that isolation is really the unhealthy Yes. So you want to be keenly aware to be intentional mm-hmm. on, on noticing if you're isolating too much. Right. So there's nothing wrong with, I just want to be alone for a right. little bit. I need to go lock myself in a room and cry or, mm-hmm. you know, but be careful about how much time you spend isolated from people. Right. Yeah. Because the more you isolate, the more you isolate, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yes. That is true. Yeah. The more you isolate, then the more you want to stay in bed and with the covers over your head, mm-hmm. and then you'll start canceling appointments. Right. You'll want, and you think, I just want to stay here by myself and cry this out. Sure. And of course that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you, mm-hmm. but we can get stuck in that place mm-hmm. and think, well, I'm just going to do this for a few days. And then before we know it, we look up and a year has gone by. It's exactly And we're right. still isolated. That's exactly right. And God, in fact, designed us for relationship Mm -hmm. and to need, number one, him, and to need each other, Mm -hmm. number two. And that's why. Yeah. And the strange thing about the enemy is he will attack us in our vulnerability Mm -hmm. the very most. And I know you see this in session, Mm -hmm. but the strangest things happen in times of grief and when people are vulnerable. And it usually is not pretty. So uh, being alone in that place that's right. is really dangerous. Very. Yeah. Very. So reaching out to family, community, friends, letting them in, mm-hmm. I should say, is is healthy yeah. to help you. Yes, you're right. I mm-hmm. mean, you'll need times to that you're just wanting to scream out and bawl and yeah. squall. 
healthy, yeah. super healthy, mm-hmm. there'll be times that you just burst out in laughter yeah. for no reason. And so that's true. For no reason. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, what in the world is happening to me? Yes. Because you'll have every emotion. Listen, one ditch or the other, you think, what is going on? And so don't expect the process of grief to be easy, but don't expect it to be impossible mm. either. I love that. That's so good. It's not easy, Mm -mm. but it's not impossible either. Well, you talked about like the ditches and bouncing back and forth. And one of the things that you and I had had a conversation about recently is there's a therapeutic concept called the dual process model of grief. Mm -hmm. And so if you can kind of imagine two columns and one of the columns is loss and the other column is restoration. Mm -hmm. And we bounce back and forth between those two columns constantly mm-hmm. on this process of healing from grief. Mm-hmm. So that may look like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, wow, I'm actually feeling good today. I've got some energy. I got a good night's sleep. I feel like I can go engage in the world. And then something happens, you have a memory and it bounces you right back into that mm-hmm. loss and that grief again. And so you sit there for a little bit and you let yourself feel what you're feeling and everything. Um, but then in that, maybe you remember something happy about that person you're missing. So then you bounce back over to <laughs> this restoration side again and everything. And so I think we think, well, it has to be this slowly getting better Yes, when it's really a bouncing back and forth between, I feel really good in this moment, but I might feel sad again later today. And that's yes. okay. Yes. Uh, that is normal. That is so normal to normalize grief. That is very well put. And I love that mm-hmm. because I usually say grief is like zigzag. It's like a zigzag, yes. literally. And you can't see it listeners, but I'm using my hands <laughs> like zigzag, 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 because that's grief. Mm-hmm. And that's why it seems to be truly an enigma. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel, if I could use the term, you kind of feel schizophrenic at times. Yes. Like, what is going on? I was happy yesterday. Yeah. And now today I want to stay in the bed all day. Right. And what is going on? Yeah. And a lot of times that's a grief process for any loss. Mm. So if you've got, you know, someone in your office that's been divorced and you've got someone, I've got a dear friend that mm-hmm. calls me some that's been divorced for several years yeah. and she'll call and say, I'm so, so I'm sorry, but I've just got a vent yes. and I've got a vent a, a minute. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, she goes at it and I'm like, okay, yeah. feel better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she does. Okay. Yeah. That's the end of that. Next day she's fine. Right. Or that afternoon she's fine. And, and those emotions really are like tangled yeah, all together. Right. The good ones, the bad, bad ones. ones. And I was just thinking about something that a friend of yours actually said, Angie Smith, who we love. Yes. Her and her husband lost their first little girl. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book about going through that process of yes. what it's like to lose a child and was just so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and authentic in sharing her story. And I remember one thing that she said in the book that it was right after their little girl had died and something had happened and she found herself laughing Mm -hmm. and it kind of took her by surprise. And she said in that moment, joy and grief danced together as if they had the right to. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, isn't that what grief is? Yes. It's remembering those joyful, beautiful things 
with the loss mm-hmm. and it's all tangled together, mm-hmm. you know, and it feels like we can't separate the good emotions from the bad emotions. And we mm-hmm. don't know from one minute to the next, which one we're going to land in, mm-hmm. but it's all part of the process. Yeah, no, that that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a beautiful way to say it. Absolutely. Cannot say that any better mm-hmm. because they do intertwine. Yeah. They do mix and yeah. it's real. Both, both emotions are right there at the same time. Your heart cannot even hardly take it mm-hmm. because they're genuinely there at the yeah. same time. Joy and sorrow. That's very, yeah, very well said. So we're talking about ways that we can process grief in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I want to ask you about, because this is something that I think people feel really unsure of, mm-hmm. especially if like, like someone I love is going through a loss. Yes. I never know, like, is it okay to talk about the person Mm -hmm. that died, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in a death kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about why it's important to talk about that person, Mm -hmm. remember, share stories. Mm -hmm. You've said often that that's part of the grief process. And that's actually a really healthy thing to do. Yeah, it's very, very healthy. And I think you're asking what if I'm a friend of Mm -hmm. that person, or if I'm close to that person, or as a therapist, what I definitely do is if a client comes in that has just lost a loved one, that's all I ask. Just tell me about your husband. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your sister. Tell me about your, your mother, your father. The, the whoever loved just let I, I just want to hear all about them yeah. and so I just let that person just tell me all about the one that they lost and they just share story after story the same is true that you would do to your person your friend your whoever that you go and visit at the at their house mm-hmm. if they want to talk and so right. that's what I think is key, because if you enter someone's home at a time of grief, you would just want to say, I am here for you. Mm. Do you want me to just sit by you and say nothing? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the first line you say. Yeah. I love you. And I will say, you know, I'm going to say something or I'm going to say nothing, Mm -hmm. but I'm just here for you. So I'm just going to sit down or I'll clean the kitchen while people while food comes in. I'll go get something. I'll order a pizza. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever. But I I just want you to know, I'm, you know, I'm here. And then you want to talk about and then say the person's name. Yeah. And tell me all about, you know, but you open it up mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, and this is maybe not going to come across the way the hearer is going to receive it. And I pray, I'm going to pray right now, Lord, help it to come across the way it should. But oddly enough, when you walk in the door to somebody that's just lost someone, Mm -hmm. they're going to be kind about it, but they really don't want to hear scripture quoted to them or anything like that. They they are and they love Jesus. Mm-hmm. They know that, but they really want at that moment what they're wanting is either a hug or just some your presence. Yes, it, more than anything because that's true. Yes, empathy because mm-hmm. empathy says this. Empathy says I feel what you feel. Mm. It's not saying anything. It's not, it's, I feel, I literally, I'm in your, I feel what you feel. And you've not just lost what they've lost, but you're just sitting Mm -hmm. in their presence. Right. Uh, So I, 
I, I want to feel that emotion with you. So tell me about that person so I can know that person mm. or say nothing and right. just sit. Yeah. You know, I remember my mother years ago just said, Susan, that's the ministry of presence. Now, mm. I've heard that term before, mm-hmm. um, but and I've heard it. And so I don't know where she learned it. But she said that to me years and years and years ago, the ministry of presence. And and I'm not saying not to say scripture or to pray or whatever, but that initial word right. out of your mouth. Yes. Because you are Jesus to them. Mm. If you if you come to their home mm-hmm. and you're sitting with them, you're yeah. representing Jesus to them. Believe me. Mm-hmm. And so you are scripture mm-hmm. to them. You are representing Jesus to them. And you're praying that, I know, before you go. Mm-hmm. Lord, speak through me. Represent. I pray I represent you well. And you're doing that. But just the ministry of your presence is so powerful. And just being honest and saying, I don't know what to say. I yeah. just want to be here for you. Right. And I'm so glad, you know, that you wanted me here Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. It's such a good reminder because I think we're so desperate in that moment to Mm -hmm. say or do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And we need to be reminded on a regular basis that a lot of times we don't need to say anything. Mm -mm. The less we say is actually probably better. Mm -hmm. And to just tangibly be there to offer that hug, to say the words, I love you, Mm -hmm. I'm here are probably more impactful than anything else, especially Mm -hmm. in those early yeah, in the early days. Yeah, because yeah. you know, scripture's life to me. Right. I mean, you know, I love it more than anything. Yeah. But just walking in with yourself mm-hmm. is more powerful than anything. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think this is really helpful because basically what it's shown me is there's a lot of ways that we can enter into this grief process that are going to bring health and healing to us, but it doesn't look the same for everybody. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it can, it can look different for me than it does for you or for someone else. Mm -hmm. But I think this gives us a really good start of some things that we can Mm -hmm. maybe look at, especially we talked last week about maybe that loss of identity or loss of expectations, those kinds of things to kind of unpack some of that and be like, okay, do I need to write a letter? Do I need to tap into the emotions that were there? Do I need to talk to God about this? Do I need to let all that emotion come out? Those are some really good ways that we can do that. So I feel like this is some tangible ways that Mm -hmm. we can actually like work the process. Very true. Yeah, I think I think we've hit on at least we've covered a broad stroke. Is that fair to say? It is. It is. And we talked last week, there's lots of books on grief Mm -hmm. and there's lots of models of grief. And the the reality is that it's going to look different for each and every person. Totally. And that's okay. It is. Yes. And give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. So our tangible takeaway today, I'm going to... We'll circle back to where we started this week's whole podcast on. And that's that quote from Earl Grohlman mm-hmm. that the only cure for grief is to grieve. Perfect. So if you're carrying some unresolved grief, it's not going to go away on its own. Mm-mm. The only way that you're going to be able to move forward is to actually grieve it. So mm-hmm. hopefully this gives you some ideas of how you can get started in that process. Totally. And give yourself grace. Yes. Can't say it enough. All right. And process. And give yourself grace. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.